You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we're back with Season 3, Episode 85. Andy and I are finally back together. It's the, you know, dog days of summer. The heat is just still unbearable. And I cannot wait for the fall season to finally hit us. You know, we just got to get through August. And then there's, I feel like September, the word September is like associated with the fall. So even if it is a little bit on the hotter side, I just feel like there's, you know, some sort of hype there for the fall, for hockey and October's right around the corner and just all good things. So. We only have like three more weeks to really, well, yeah, three more weeks to get through with August. Um, so I got to ask Andy, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, like you said, I I think I, and I speak for most of New York and that we're just tired of the heat. Um, it's been crazy. It's going to be 96 tomorrow or something like that, or excuse me, it's going to be in the low 90s tomorrow. And then on Tuesday, it's going to be like 95 or 96. And then finally, it's going to jump down a little, I think, 10 degrees into like the mid 80s. So, uh, yeah, when you're clamoring for the high 80s, you know, it's it's been brutal. So, yeah, I'm ready for some crisp fall weather, uh, pumpkin spice lattes, uh, hockey coming back, you know. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm over it. I've, I've been just every day. I'm just sweating. I went out to a friend's birthday party last night and we were outside. And even though the sun had gone down, it was so humid. It was just, everyone was sweating. And then we're like, we just have to go inside. We can't even sit outside in the patio. Cause everyone was just like, you know, uh, wiping their brow with napkins every, you know, five minutes. So yeah, I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm over it. I'm ready for hockey to come back. Um, and I'm ready for, uh, the heat, heat wave 10. So, cause it's been never ending. Yeah. It, well, in between work, Andy, I was lounging in a pool and I got my first Ooh. sunburn that I've gotten in a while. And I have to say it is uncomfortable and it's another like layer of heat on top of the heat from outside. So I just, I've been feeling like I've, I'm 150 degrees at all times. Even when I'm inside, I'm extra hot indoors, even though we, I got the AC going. It's just it's unbearable and it's just draining and you know, you and I work outside, so it's, it's, it's brutal at times, but you know, there, there is some hockey stuff to talk about. Hopefully that will cool us down. Um, you know, where, where do you want to start, Andy? Do you have anything you want to start off with? Um, yeah, let's start off with how a 270 pound man can run from first to home in about 12.5 <laughs> seconds. Cause that was one of the damnedest things I've seen in a long time. Um, you want to talk team of destiny? Holy, you know, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, you know, there was a Bartolo Colon size hole in my heart and uh, only Daniel Vogelbach could fill it. So, uh, but yeah, Mets are un- unstoppable right now. Dude, taking what four out of five against the the Braves was absolutely huge. Look at us talking baseball to start the podcast. I off. know. Sorry, this is you know, if you're just as strictly a hockey fan or worse, a Yankee fan, this is probably not what you want to hear right now. But yeah, well, you know, I think Yankee fans are going to have to learn to accept that New York has a new baseball team in town, and the five hundred. Uh, I think they're below five hundred since July. 
the New York Yankees are just going to have to take a back seat until the, the Met train is, is over and it could be over real quick. You never know with this team. So, uh, yeah, they're, I mean, they get the Grom back and they have a solid start. He has a solid start. He gets his first win of the season. Excellent game for him. Uh, I don't know how you feel, Andy, but obviously hockey playoffs and, ba- and baseball playoffs are completely different um, just with, you know, the rotation and, you know, just getting, you know, the bats hot at the right time. Uh, do you think, do you think going into this season that, are you rooting for a, a subway series? Let me ask you that first. Oh yeah. I think, I just think it's one of those things where if you're, I don't know if I've been, it's hard to say. I say it with trepidation, but I haven't been this confident about a, a Mets team in a while. So I like their chances more than I've ever liked at any point in the last uh, two decades. Right. So probably, yeah, I would, I would honestly, I would be hoping for it because I actually think uh, I just like them on paper a little bit more just in an unbiased, you know, cause you, you could tell if it's, there's a, there's a difference between, you know, a regular uh, season team and, you know, in a pennant team, you know what I mean? Or just, or at least just uh, what's going to win in a, in a playoff series. So, um, so yeah, I, uh, I, with trepidation, I would say, yeah, I think that would, it would be awesome. I think it'd be just great for New York sports. You know what I mean? I mean, the streets of New York uh, might be, get a little ugly <laughs> during it, but it'd be a lot of fun. So I, I actually would kind of like to see it. Yeah, the only thing that like would stop me from wanting a subway series is that at the end of the day, it's a no win situation for the Mets. The Mets could beat the Yankees in a World Series, and Yankee fans would just talk about how many World Series they have, how great they were. Derek Jeter, Joe DiMaggio. Oh my God, our history is so amazing, and you know we got all the rings in the world, most championships in all the major sports. Blah 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 blah, and then you know you, we beat them once. And they're just the, that's all they're going to bring up. So even if we win, we still lose because they have a built in excuse. And, you know, I, and then what I usually say to that is that, you know, Yankees, you know, believe it or not, are slowly just becoming an irrelevant franchise. And I know that's a hot take, but uh, yeah, I know they, you know, are able to manage a ton of wins every season. But if you don't win championships, you know, you're not you're not relevant. You know, you've done the same thing that the Mets have done this past decade uh, plus, and, you know, they're, they've won World Series in like the last 20 years. So, you know, if New York, the, if the Mets, I should say, the New York Mets go on a run here and are able to win multiple championships in, in the next, you know, since until 2030, you know, with this new owner, I, I you know, I, I have to say the Mets might take over as obviously the Yankees will always be number one in terms of how many fans and just, you know, revenue and net worth because it is a brand, but the Mets are going to become a more relevant franchise in terms of players and free agents and stuff like that. And, you know, that's, that'll be huge for them. And, you know, it's something that, you know, New York Mets fans haven't been able to, you know, have in a very, very long time, if not ever. So uh, I, yeah, I'm super excited to have a team once again, a team that is a contender for their championship. So, you know, after having the Rangers make a deep run, I am looking for the same with the New York Mets for sure. Yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah. Oh, I, I forgot to text you and Gibby that I was in, I was, uh, last night I was in a bar in Astoria. So I was in Queens. Um, and in the bar, there was someone who had a judge t-shirt on. And then there was a guy with a Mets cap. Uh, and they were having, they were having some friendly back and forth. I don't think they were friends, but I just think they clearly at some point are just like, Hey, you know, it's like, we'll see, you know, uh, we got <laughs> yeah. this. you know, but, uh, there you know i don't know it there was it felt a little bit like a powder keg type situation to me like there was an undercurrent of like you know uh yeah that there's there's they were both holding back probably what they really wanted to say and chose to be civil because of what whatever uh parties they were with you know what i mean but yeah it could it could pop off but yeah it would be a lot of fun um anything in rangers uh related news catch your uh fancy this well weekend? you 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 caught mine <laughs> and almost i i don't even know what to even make of this but jimmy vc to the new york rangers you can't be throwing around those t- kind of tweets at me um <laughs> uh, 
you know, yeah. I need that thing signed, sealed, delivered, you know, because yeah. I almost had a mini heart attack. For those of you who don't know, uh, Larry Brooks of the New York Post in his uh, most recent uh, Slapshots column uh, just snuck in the fact that the New York Rangers and Jimmy VC were most likely going to have a nice little reunion with Jimmy VC competing for a spot on the fourth line, making, I believe, league minimum because the Rangers, A, have no money. um, And it's like a very you know, a buryable amount under the, you know, that threshold. Um, so man, how the mighty have fallen. Um, although I mean in his rookie year with us, how many, he had like 13 goals, right. Or something like that. How many points I believe so. It was something, but they force fed him minutes because they thought he was going to be better than he was. But you know, since, since leaving the Rangers, Jimmy, he's had what he had a stint with the, the Maple Leafs and famously he got traded uh, they because during that behind the the whatever they did a behind the scenes show for the the Maple Leafs and I believe it was I think Kyle Dubas pulled him in his office and said like you need to figure out what type of player you are or something or it was Mike Babcock I forget who it was but someone said that and then he Jimmy I guess did not agree and then they just shipped his ass out uh, he had a a pretty lackluster stint with the Devils I believe right and yeah he, he went, well he went to- he sabers before the Leafs. Oh, I forgot about that. Well, yeah, and he clearly didn't do anything there because they also gave up on him. So, um, yeah, I mean, listen, don't get me wrong. I mean, he's a what? How old is he? He's twenty nine years old. If you told me we signed him to a one year deal, I cannot believe Le- he's twenty nine years old. Yeah, I forgot he did all four years of college. You know what I mean? So, uh, it just because like what he his rookie year with the Rangers was in. Uh, I think he got drafted in like 2012, right? So I think he, I think he started in like what, 27, 2016, 2017 with the Rangers, right? Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Jesus Christ. It's, that's already six years ago. It's, well, time flies in this league. And I'm, I feel very old, but he's already, yeah, VC's already 29 years old. I don't know. With him, I felt like he was part of that. Like, and I hate to say, if, and, and pardon me if we have any Massachusetts listeners, but I, I, he was part of the mass hall crew and it was with, you know, Hayes. I just didn't, they just thought they were like cocky. They thought they were like the greatest thing to ever walk this earth. And I just had a vibe that like, I was like, you guys are like basically non-performers. You guys are not, you know, at the top of the league. Yeah. It's cool that you guys are New York Rangers and you know, you got the, you know, at the, you know, essentially the city by the balls, like you can do whatever you want. You're, you know, but at the same time, in the hockey world, you you were he was kind of irrelevant, and I just felt like he thought he deserved more from New York. And you know, if we didn't have the history that we had with him, and he performed like he did with the with another team and not the New York Rangers, and then bounced around and then came here, I wouldn't even be like that upset with signing Jimmy VC to a league minimum one year and let him battle it out, you know, on the, for the fourth line. Uh, you know, I, I just. I would need to know what kind of person he's kind of matured into. Like, is he still a guy that thinks like the hockey world owes him something and that he kind of got shafted or is he a type of player that's like, listen, I, you know, I just didn't pan out to be the player that everyone thought I was, but you know, I want to be here. I want to play hockey and you know, I, I love New York. And if it means doing some time in the AHL and playing, getting called up when there's an injury, you know, so be it, you know, I, it, for me, it's, it's gotta be his attitude. And, and, and unfortunately for us fans, we only, we only can make decisions on players based off of, you know, how they made us feel when they were here or, you know, what we thought of them on another team. So, um, yeah. What, what would your thoughts be if you actually did come here? I mean, I guess it depends. Listen, I, I, I think there can be light bulb moments for players, and to, to like what they're at this point, I think you'd have to imagine he's well, you'd or to hope he has understood what he could bring to an NHL lineup. Now, I mean, and it's tough because when I look at how he plays, he he plays like a third line winger who, but is is not. I don't think he's good enough to capitalize on that. You know what I mean? Uh, it, and I think a lot of teams now are like going to try to shoehorn him as a fourth line energy guy 
when it's very clear he does not want to play that style. But I mean, listen, he's a bigger he's bigger than you would think. He's six. He's the smallest six. six th- I feel like I could tower over him and I'm f- like I'm five foot eight on my license and I feel like I would tower over that guy on the ice. That's how small I feel like he is on the ice. Six. He, he plays smaller than his size. That's for sure. Oh, my God. About 10 inches smaller. It's insane. It, it's I don't know. And he's two, over 200 pounds, too. I mean, yeah. I don't know if that's what he is right now, but that's what's listed on on uh, hockey DB here. So, yeah, I don't I don't know, Andy. Uh, is, I there, mean, again, is there merit to this, though? Yeah. I mean, if Larry's saying it, it's most likely going to happen. And I think Vince then said it hasn't gone through yet. So I don't know if it's yet another case where the Rangers are trying to I don't know if they if they're going to make incremental cap room or whatever, but um, well, that's another thing I wanted to ask you too. You know, obviously there's talks of Mott and stuff like that, and like everyone's like, "Well, there's no room, there's no room." It's like, well, it's not like we can't trade players. Like, you act like like everything the Rangers roster right now is set in stone. I mean, you do have players like Dryden Hunt. It's not like they have a no movement clause, and you know Julian Gauthier like. Those players are definitely very movable. So yeah. if, if the Rangers wanted to bring in and and feel like they're upgrading, there's players that they could move on from. Yeah, I think if, the only problem is in terms of where they're going to be at with the salary cap. Whichever team they go with on opening night, they can't carry extra players. That's who they have to basically roll with for the rest of the year, and the barring making a big trade. So if you're if you better be damn sure if you're like you know what Jimmy VC is going to be is going to be along for the ride this season. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's not like one of those things where you say, ah, oh, if he doesn't work out. Obviously, last season, the Rangers were allowed to carry around like a literally a whole, like a uh, a set of, uh, an extra set of bottom, you know, fourth line forwards and just say, okay, we'll give this guy a shot. Well, McKegg's not working out. We'll, you know, Dryden Hunt will sit for a few games or, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, I don't know if... If, if, like I said, if for Jimmy, if he's, if he's really willing, cause again, he's got enough skill. To, if he wants to play like a fourth liner, I do think he's got at least enough size and skill to bring something. Um, I haven't looked at his underlying numbers. I don't know how poor he is defensively or if he's low key good. The devils weren't good. So I don't know if they would, they would look so good. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if he, I guess if he makes it in earnest over someone else, but again, you know, the Rangers have Ryan Carpenter now, who Gallant, I believe, had in Vegas. So there's familiarity there. And we know Gallant likes Dryden Hunt a lot. And uh, Sammy Blay is going to be healthy. And you're just, your Kraftsoff only has a one way, you know, he's he's got a one way contract. So they'd lose him basically for nothing. So. Yeah, it's just hard to see, you know, he's got to really, he has to take, he basically has to take the job, you know what I mean? He has to, like, with his play, and it's not, it just, it can't even be, like, mildly impressive. It has to, he has to, like, majorly impress, I think, in training camp and in the preseason to take the job, you know? So, uh, we we shall see, but I definitely wasn't expecting that. But um, I, I think, I'm trying to think if we've ever seen a, a former Ranger leave and then come back to try to make another run with the team on a PTO. Um, I don't know, but I'm you know, thinking I can't think of anybody, but I mean, I think what we had, um, you know, it's funny because I'm thinking of like notable players or like, it's different though. It can't be like a player that's coming back. No, but I, like I mean, it's late, like, late. yeah, I'm trying to think the Rangers have had some very strange preseason players, uh, you know, in the past few seasons, uh, I, I mean, I remember uh, we had Ryan Malone one year. That was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, what's his face from the L.A. Kings? Who's married to the woman from Access Hollywood? You know what I'm talking about? Access Hollywood. Yeah. What? Or is that? No, it's. Uh, what's her face? Um, is it a, a Jared Stoll who was married to Aaron Andrews? Or oh, Aaron Andrews. You oh, got... I'm sorry. She's Good Morning America, Access Hollywood, whatever. whatever. Just Wait, Aaron shit. Andrews? I, I don't even, honestly, I would, I, she's like an NFL analyst. Yeah, no, she's, she does like college game day or did college game day. She And she was like a sideline reporter 
but she's also like was Good Morning America. I think she was like, kind of dancing with the stars too, or something. But um, yeah, no. So Jarrett Stoll, I remember, was played had some preseason action for the Rangers. Actually, I think he played some some games that season for us. I think he got hurt though. Yeah, no, I think so too. Um, yeah. Oh, well, he. he I don't know. I, well, he's a different. He's a different breed than all the other players that like maybe came in like later for yeah. the New York Rangers. Well, he was just all he was about to age out of the league. Yeah. yeah. And listen, he was he was a good a good enough, I would say, player in his, you know, he was a big part of those Kings. Uh, oh, without teams, a doubt. So, yeah. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, Right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Oh, man, I, I don't know what to think. What, like... <sighs> Andy, I'm so like confused with the New York Rangers team this year because we keep on adding like the like depth, lower depth guys, and we definitely need them. But like we have no cap. Like I, I really don't understand the point of, I don't know, a- adding any more players right now, given how tight the cap is. Like, wouldn't you want to roll into the season with like at least a million in cap space just to be able to play with? Yeah, I guess so. Um, or is it like a thing to like use up all, all your cap space? Like, well, I think it's one of the things where they already find themselves in this situation where it's like, even if like, cause when you sign guys to what VC would sign, which would be a league minimum, like that's a very, it's a variable amount of money. So it doesn't, wouldn't really matter or affect them. You know what I mean? That's like maybe the one area they could at least think about going you know for going into the season they could at least start to prepare to go into the season with but um obviously it's like one of those things where it's like if you as long as you carry you don't carry any extra forwards you can bank cap space throughout the year going into the trade deadline which can make a huge difference you can you can at least free up like we were talking with like Kako, where it's like what did he get what did he end up getting like two um you got two yeah, two point what two five or something like that uh kako got two five yeah yeah but it's like even the the difference oh, i'm sorry that, two one two one two he one, got two one. one the difference between him getting two one and getting like two five ended up to being like an additional like almost an additional um i forget like almost like uh 500k or excuse me no more like almost like two million in cap space or something for the um for the trade deadline if you bank you know over the uh, from now until the, tr- from the season opening to the trade deadline. So, yeah. Although I feel like the CBA changes the shit every year too, with the rules on and like what you forward, you can hold and we'll see what the cap does in the next few years. Cause I do think it's going to finally go up, but it's this year. It's really tight for the Rangers. So, uh, as to why they do it, Gerard Gallant loves his role players. That's the type of coach he is. Obviously he had the ultimate version of that in that first year golden Knights team that was literally filled with, um, just the the misfit cast-offs. The coach's like, favorite player, that team just couldn't afford to pay. It's like they had earned more money than they were, you know what I mean? And just they knew they were they were in for raises they weren't comfortable giving, so they just gave them to Vegas, and then they just rolled with a very responsible, good forechecking, good defensive team, even though none of them were elite in their own right. And now that team has turned into the, almost the the bizarro world opposite of that. You know what I mean? They, they had signed all these superstars and had no loyalty to some of these guys that helped them get to the Stanley cup final. And, and they missed the playoffs last year. So just funny how that, how that goes sometimes. Yeah. Um, speaking of 
speaking of uh you know Kako and stuff like that so with Kako and Lafreniere well I, I should say more with Kako so with Kako you might have to explain this to me sure why do the Rangers bank that much money with Kako's contract like what's so special about it well I was just saying like you bank cap space and the difference in the amount of cap space that how it compounds from him signing at 2.1 versus him signing at 2.75 or something okay. like it can be, it can be close to it'd be like the difference of if he's now the Rangers would have closer to 5 million in cap space at the trade deadline. But if he had signed for 2.75, they'd only have around 4 million, which is huge in terms of trying to lure a guy, especially let's say, they're trying to get Patrick Kane at the trade deadline and you're going to, you're already going to have to make Chicago eat half of it. But like, even if they eat half of it, they might not be able to fit them if, if they only had 4 million in cap space. You know what I mean? But yeah, it, that million makes a huge difference. You know what I mean? So uh, we'll see what they end up doing. And Vince had a great breakdown on his podcast. And I also think on Twitter about um, why, you know, why it was huge. They were able to lock him up to that number, but I agree. I don't, obviously it's making me uncomfortable. They don't have room. You have to imagine that a, that one of Jacob Truba or hell, even Ryan Lindgren might not be a rain. This might be their last season as a Ranger because now we know Keandre Miller and Alexi Lafreniere are going to need contracts going into next season. Um, this is their final year of their ELC. So yeah, it's going to, yeah, it's uh, got to be true. It's, it's got you would have to imagine it would be <laughs> Jacob Truba. Um, I mean, I don't know. It'd be interesting if they if it was Kreider, but you have to to really for the the amount of money they need, you just have to. And it's just seeing what the Rangers depth should be on the back end. It just makes more sense. You know, um, I know this might be crazy, but I feel like Kreider this year is actually playing maybe for a spot on this team. It's possible. Yeah, I mean, it's possible because listen, if Lafreniere is naturally a left winger, if he's your one, he there's he could very well be the Rangers. You know, he's going to play, try to play on the right side this year just so he can play in the top six. But, you know, there's something to be said if he's most comfortable at playing left wing and he builds upon how he looked in uh, in the playoffs this year where you're like, oh, this is a future first line player, if not this season then yeah, then obviously you start to look at Chris Kreider and say, well, Panarin is here and he's better than Chris Kreider. We're not moving out Panarin. Um, although stranger things, I guess, could have happened. Um, and, you know, Lafreniere is, you know, whatever. Kako pans out well. Henhel Kraftsoff looks great too. And they're like, all of a sudden you're like, well, are we going to really pay Chris Kreider this? How many millions, you know, seven, what does he make? $8 million or Right, no, Kreider makes six and a half. Six and a half. Oh, that's right. They gave him, but they gave him a lot of a lot of years, right? Um, yeah. You know, are you going to pay Chris Kreider six and a half million dollars? You know, as in now that he's in his thirties for the next however many years, you know, six seasons, or do we just move on now and we open up you know, that a good amount of cap space and flexibility to pay because you know everyone's going to need new deals and yeah, it seems to make more sense. And obviously, Truba is a little bit younger than Kreider, so. You know, I don't know. Kreider's a freak, though. He might age like fine wine, but, um, but yeah. And Truba, at least it, it's been a little bit up and down, but his ups have been pretty good for this team. And he's clearly the more, and I, in the, subsequently reading quotes from the players and like Strom talking about leaving and stuff went on. It seems like Truba is the kind of the de facto guy in the locker room. You know what I mean? I know, obviously, with with all Chris Kreider had did, done this year, uh, scoring, just you know, scoring fifty goals, and obviously he is also in his own way was a leader. We saw the thing with the iPad, and he took takes young guys under his wing and all this stuff, which is great. But it seems like when when stuff had needed to happen and rah rah speeches, it was Truba that was doing it. So who knows? That could definitely play, uh, you know, play an influence and. You know, <laughs> I mean, well, uh, Chris is the it, last one left from that l- previous Rangers core, you know, so. I but it, what you think. Yeah. And and it's one of those things where, listen, it, Kreider, even if he has, obviously he's not, I don't think he's going to score 50 goals again. I think that's just, uh, 
an impressive feat and it's not like he's expected to score 50 goals you know if he but if he's around the 30 35 goal mark you know it's gonna hard it's gonna hard it's gonna be hard to find you know a player like chris Kreider at 6.5 million if he turns out to be a guy that's gonna put up 35 goals you know for the next five seasons you know it's gonna be tough and i just feel like how much money are you really going to spend on your defense? You know, with I know Truba does bring a lot of, you know, rah-rah to the locker room and and he might be a leader here. But at the same time, you know, that's an $8 million cap hit. And when you already have Fox at $9.5 million, um, you know, Lindgren's making three, you know, you're going to have to pay, you know, you know, Schneider's not going to, you know, be on the ELC for long. Yeah. Uh, Jones is not going to be on the ELC for uh, long. And I know those guys are not going to make Uber bucks, but they're going to, you know, chew into that cap, you know, space. And then obviously Keandre Miller is going to be making a good chunk of change on the, on the back end. So you're going to have to find it elsewhere. And I don't know where you're else you're going to find money uh, to pay some of the younger guys uh, and the easiest thing to do. And I think the easiest player to move is Truba, you know, you know, I, I do, I, I think, there's a lot of teams that would love to have a player like him, you know, although he's making 8 million, it, you know, it's not like you're getting him at the tail end of his career. He's only going to be 32 at the end of his contract. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, he might not fit the Rangers, but he's going to fit somewhere else. And there's going to be a competitive team that would want a player like Truba. Yeah. And again, obviously both the players have, movement protection but i mean so did ryan mcdonough um if you're not wanted usually it's one of those things i i mean teams are teams are pretty cutthroat now when it comes to it i mean if we're to believe the rumors julian Brisebois told ryan's like look you know we know nashville was a team on your that wasn't on wasn't on your no trade list or whatever um so accept this trade or else we're going to just put you on waivers. We won't get anything, but we'll get out from your contract. And we know Columbus is, would be would be ready to pick you up in a heartbeat and you're going to be a, a Columbus Blue Jacket, you know? Yeah. So, wait, well, I mean, you think they're going to change that? You think the players union is going to change like that kind of loophole? Sorry, say that again. Do you think like the players union is going to ch- try to change that loophole? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Cause I, I mean, listen, I, I don't even know how you would go about that. Yeah, I don't like, know either. It is kind of nuts that like they can do that. Yeah, it is nuts. I mean, obviously from an asset standpoint, you don't really want to do that, but I think we've, I think you've almost, cause that's the thing. I think recently we've seen teams kind of just go for it with players saying like, look, this is our only chance. This is the realities of the cap. You know, Calgary did did it, although maybe they were convinced they could re-sign Johnny Hockey. But even Columbus did it a few years ago when they knew they were losing Bobrovsky and Panarin. They just went for it. And they also knew that the, those players leaving would have a ripple effect. So it's like, obviously, every situation is different. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, and I don't Tom, know. It's, Columbus didn't get as hurt as I thought they would be. Like, you know, well, I mean, what after that happened? Yeah, they, they missed the playoffs. They haven't made the playoffs since then. I know, but like it was their only shot. No, like, it was smart to do it. I agree. I you know, and listen, they that's the year they swept uh, Tampa, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, it's just it, it, maybe it wasn't their time, unfortunately, which sucks. But to give, you know, look, you look at some of these franchises that haven't had a a postseason run in, in however long it was just good to give that to them. You know what I mean? And it's, you know, I, I guess sometimes I think in hockey, we tend to be very, it's like, don't even try unless your underlying analytics are all top five in the league and whatever. But you know, how many teams end up as the other team in the cup final, not this season, obviously, but like, you know, Montreal, uh, Dallas the last few years teams that are like maybe not as good as some of the other teams that were in the playoffs that got bounced ahead of them but they made it to the cup final you know what I mean and like it's, yeah they didn't get it done but it they went on a hell of a run and they were close and you never know what could happen it's just one of those things you know so um, yeah I think you know it's 
teams and uh, fans sometimes can be a little too cut and dry with these things. And just sometimes I say, you know what? Yeah, this is unfortunately, maybe it would be more shrewd of us to do this, but that might just lead to prolonged, you know, slowly getting worse and just say, let's just go for it. And if it doesn't work out, then yeah, we're going to scorch or blow it up. Uh, but yeah, I mean, since then, Columbus has done an excellent job drafting. Yarmo Kekalainen yep. is very good evaluator of talent. They've got some good forwards, and they look like they're going to be. And look, they just pulled off a major coup signing Johnny Hockey. And they have Patrick Line, who can, he can, if he's motivated and he's got the right guy passing him the puck, which he does now, uh, he he can be a 40 plus goal scorer in this league. You know what I mean? So that it's just, yeah, I think it just goes to show that. You just never know. You sometimes it's just worth it to go for it. So, uh, big. Actually, right, I should set this up by asking you a question. Have you ever said something on the podcast and then you don't know actually how you feel about it, and you kind of have to go with it because it was such a. You kind of have to stand by what you said and 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 kind of proceed with that take, even though it might have been a little too hot. Uh, me? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think I'm, well, I think it's the problem. I don't usually stick my neck out too, like you do too much. So I don't have that problem too much, but, uh, All right. well, I what, just ran what are you referring it again. to? Well, now Hoover do signs to eight years. I thought, you know, obviously it's something that the flames had to do in order to make that trade worth it. It is now obviously worth the trade. I oh, will yeah. admit, I will backtrack. No, but, but I, I obviously there was a lot of speculation that that wouldn't be the case or he wouldn't. But I am yeah. questioning his heart in, in you know, he just wanted the now he's like saying he, I just wanted to kind of be wanted. You know, like the, the trade kind of took me by surprise, like blah, blah, blah. Oh, well, but totally. now but now I, I am going to have to go down. I don't I don't like Huberu as your main the main guy on your team. Like he's the highest paid player in Flames history. Now, obviously, that's a little skewed because obviously the cap has grown and just players make more money now than they ever have. But, you know, it is one of those things where it's just like, I understand Calgary has to has to pay, like, has to pay him to make it look good. But there was also a part of me that was like, Huberdu would have been a great player if you just traded him at the deadline. And you weren't tied to him. But now there's a huge contract associated with this guy. He's going to be a flame for life. And I feel like, is it worth it? Because he's, you know, on the back end of his hockey career. And I don't know. I just feel like the flames aren't going anywhere any anytime soon. Why wouldn't you use Huberdu as a flip for some assets down the line? I don't know. I just feel like tying him up. Is it a start of a rebuild? Because it's kind of just a head scratcher for me. No, I think this is kind of shows that with how they're, you know, making it two rounds in the last season, having Daryl Sutter there, that the ownership of that of the Flames is not ready to tear it down. I feel like they, yeah, they don't want to do that, I guess. All the, or hell, maybe even the general manager doesn't want to do that. Maybe Brad Trilliving doesn't want to do that. Maybe he just was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm not going to let, you know, these two guys who all of a sudden just said, you know, no, we don't want to be here anymore. Basically force us to now have to rebuild. Like, fuck that. Um, do I think it's wise? Uh, I don't know. But hey, here's the thing. I I think there is something to be said about, obviously, they got worse in terms of the quality of their, you know, they lost two, uh, two of the the premier forwards in the entire NHL, but Daryl Sutter is always a very good coach. His teams always play very solid defensive hockey. They play a winning brand of hockey. Obviously it didn't work out for them. They hit, they lost to Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl went to sicko mode versus them. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I there's, I could see them still that division is not much to write home about still you know what Fair i mean enough. yeah no i guess that's, that. that's the other thing if they were in the metro I, they might they might say you know what this is not this is not good we should not do this but they're like you know what we still have andrew Maggiapani and we still have um elias uh lindholm and we still have um you know some some money well 
you know, I think he was almost like a fourth. He's like their fourth line center now, or whatever. I, know, I just, I always liked him. Yeah, you know, if he's healthy, I know he hasn't been healthy in a while. So if he's healthy, I think he can at least rebound a little bit and be a good, a solid middle six, like a Nugent Hopkins type guy for them. You know, but yeah, they they still have some good pieces on the back end. Um, you know, they might have to shed some more dead weight, like lose the Lucic contract and things of that nature. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, I just think that division is not strong enough where obviously, unfortunately, right now, when you look at the Pacific, um, Seattle will be a lot better. But is that are they going to be a playoff team? Maybe. Um, the Ducks will, should be a little bit better, but are they a playoff team? I don't know. Um, I would say, obviously, if LA was is probably the, I guess. Although, hold on, Vegas is in the Pacific now, right? Vegas, yeah, is in the. Uh, hold on one second. I would uh, say Vegas. Vegas LA. Is, is in the Pacific. Yeah, I would say they the the Flames could very easily say we could easily make a wild card in this, or at least even finish third. You know what I mean? The only teams I really think have a way better shot finishing ahead of them is probably at this point Vegas and uh, um, the LA Kings because I think Edmonton it's just that they're such a Jekyll and Hyde team we'll see how um, we'll see if uh, if you know if they have a real deal in their new um, in in Campbell as their goaltender if he's you know uh, and yeah I don't know so we'll see because I could see them taking a step back as well so but um yeah, it's not one of those. It's not like a murderer's row, like where you look at the metro and you're like, oh boy, or you look at the central and you're like, yikes, you know? Yeah, I well, the central is stacked. Obviously, Colorado, Minnesota, St. Louis, you know, Dallas is not going anywhere. You know? Yeah, that's I understand. If you're in, if they were in that division, and they were like, yeah, you know what? Uh, this is like why why keep running into you know hitting our head on the wall here? Let's just. Uh, waited out and accrue young talent. So by the time these teams get old longer in the tooth, we're right, you know, young and, and loaded and ready, you know, but, but in the Pacific in a inconsistent, uh, golden Knights team that missed the playoffs last year and have some questions in goaltending between the net, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think it's one of those things that I think it's that, that division, I understand the decision, but, uh, it's still a gamble though. Because again, you know, I mean, do in terms of like, they don't have any top flight prospects coming up that I can really think of, you know what I mean? I think like they have guys like Jeremy Poirier and, um, uh, what's his, what's his name? He's a center, whatever. I don't know. No, it'll come to me later, but, um, yeah, I don't think they have any top flight notable prospects that are ready to come in like you know, step into a, a top six role for that team eventually, you know. Shawnee Monahan's gonna step up, my man. All right. You heard it here, folks. Sean Monahan's gonna have his uh, miracle more points rebounds. than Hoover do. His no, hips will magically <laughs> heal themselves and he's gonna have a nice rebound here. No, I well I because I like the flames. I I really you know when I filled out my bracket this year, I had them coming out of the West. Um or I'm sorry, no, I had them losing to Colorado come but you know, I had that series going seven games and I thought they were, you know, kind of a right right there, neck and neck. But um, just crazy how one off season and you just have a totally different vibe uh, just to feel around the NHL, even with the New York Rangers. And and it's for, first off, it's still surreal that they made it to the Easter Conference final. But you look at the team is built now and you're like. Holy shit, like, are we going to be able to do this again? Like, that was so draining, and I'm just a fan. You know, you just hope that, you know, these guys are hungry and can come out and, and you know, I, and I couldn't even imagine pulling for a team that was, you know, one of the best teams in the league, and then you lose your top two players, and you're kind of like, all right, you know, here we are. We have to go, you know, back to battle with, you know, we got Huberdu, you know, this is it. That's all we got back, essentially. So, you know, I don't know, Andy. It's just, uh, I don't know. We're in the dog days of summer. It's just exhausting right now thinking of the 82-game grind that we're going to have to go through. You know, it's just tough. It's tough for me. You know how weak, you know, mentally I am with this with this team and just hockey in general. I just, my emotional swings are just, they're out of control right now. Uh, yeah, uh, but I, again, I think it's one of those things, um, 
I think the first month of the season will be very telling for the New York Rangers. Um, you know, they got off to such a poor start in, in early in the season and they just got better and better and better as the year went on. Um, obviously, you worry about the Rangers kind of trailing off as they get into the season if they have a good start. But uh, I do think having the familiarity with how Gerard Gallant and his staff wants them to play should hopefully lead to more consistency or at least more expectations of what they are and how they should be playing. You know what I mean? So who knows? I, I There is definitely is a chance we could see some better returns, especially from the younger guys just playing maybe a little bit better structurally, you know, which will have some bigger ripple effects throughout just how the team plays as a whole. So we well, shall see. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, man. It, it really is. It's coming down to the point of like, can our, you know, younger guys really step up and kind of fill in the gaps. You know, you look at last year, we had a dynamite power play. We won a lot of games through special teams. You know, right now we're going to have to get secondary scoring. We're going to have to get, you know, third and fourth lines, you know, to chip in goals here and there. And, you know, it's going to be tough. We're no longer the underdog. We're going to have the bullseye on the back, especially, you know, you know, coming from the East, you know, beating the Hurricanes, you know, they're going to have a chip on their so- shoulder, you know, feeling that they fell short and deserved the chance to, to you know, fight with uh, Tampa Bay to represent the East, you know, and then you have, you know, the Penguins and the Capitals that, you know, year after year, I think people write them off, but that chip on their shoulder, they still they think they have a chance. You know, I'm curious to see what the Islanders are going to be like next year. You know, they're going to be you know, I, I would imagine they're going to be a little bit better than they were last year. I mean, last year they got off to a historically bad start. Columbus is going to be a little bit better. You know, the Devils, I think, are going to struggle, but, you know, they're never an easy out. You know, Philly, I think, probably a little bit better. Um, they can't be much worse. You know, our division sucks. Like, in terms of, you know, I feel like to have the bullseye, we're in a very tough division to have the bullseye. So, um, and even... You know, God, even the Atlantic, it's just still a gauntlet. You know, you look at Boston's going to be lingering around. Buffalo, you know, is going to be a team that is going to try to prove themselves in their first year without Eichel. You know, Detroit's going to be much better. Ottawa's much improved. Uh, and, you know, Montreal's one of those up-and-coming teams that feel like they're a couple of years away from truly competing for, you know, the playoffs and hopefully a Stanley Cup soon. So the East is stacked. And, uh, yeah, but the Rangers, they have a great team. So we'll, we'll see Andy right now. I'm confident. You ask me next week, I could be doom and gloom. You never know. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I thought we, it was been such a notable off season, at least until I would say the end of July. And now it's finally dried up a little bit. And now it's like the waiting has really kind of started, especially with this, this heat, just thinking of, uh, cooler weather and and the you know the 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 attendance out with the hoses to fill the get the rinks back up for uh you know each nhl team so yeah i i think it's this is going to be the hardest part is just the speculation right before training camp starts um you know in september but we're getting closer we're getting there it's moving but it's just uh yeah it's it's still it's still a little bit a bit away i believe what we have 70 two days till opening night something like that uh less than that i think less sweet well according to the rangers instagram we were on hedel like a couple days ago so so that's 72 so yeah so right right around we're in the either high 60s or 70 on the. all right sweet awesome yeah and we have world junior classic so yes we do um, you know, I know Berard is on that team. We have the Ranger, New York Rangers have six prospects playing in, in the world juniors the, this week, James. Yes. Yes. Uh, and you know, that's obviously, I'm not going to lie, kind of fun to have it right now. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I, I, obviously, I mean, it sucked that the, the tournament got, um, had to get canceled, um, or, or you know, halfway through for COVID reasons earlier this season. But, you know, I guess silver lining is that now in when, uh, fans of teams are, you know, they're, they just want to watch some hockey. You have a hot tournament to watch, which is pretty cool. You know, we had, they had the, uh, the, uh, the Gretzky Halenka tournament was last, uh, was two weeks ago, right? Or a week and a half ago. Yeah. And now, yeah. and now we have the world junior championships and the New York Rangers have six prospects. They have, um, uh, Adam Secor, who they just took 
in the uh, in the uh, second round. Um, he plays for Slovakia. They have uh, Yaroslav Klemar, I think that's how you pronounce it. I, I'm bad with Czech pronunciation, uh, forgive me, who plays for the Czech team. Uh, they have Kai Weissenin, who plays for Finland. You said Brett Berard already, obviously, returns for Team USA. You won a gold with them last year. Uh, they have uh, three players on Canada. They have Brendan Othman, obviously, that first-round pick from two years ago. Uh, Will Cooley, uh, the third-round pick that they got in trading Leah Sanderson, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, Dylan Garand, CHL goaltender of the year last year, is Canada's goalie. Uh, so, yeah, they have a whole bunch of guys playing in the, this tournament. So if you're a Rangers fan, you owe it to yourself to at least watch because they have a lot of guys and they're kind of spread out. Obviously, they don't have any players on uh, Team Sweden or or uh, although is Russia even competing this year? I don't, think, I don't so. think they're allowed to. Yeah. So, again, they have players on most of the teams. You know what I mean? So there's a good chance if you're even if it's like like you said, you're like on, I believe, uh, on Tuesday, uh, yeah, there's uh, Adam Shakur and Slovakia are playing the Czech, uh, Czech, you know, Czechia. Excuse me, I almost said Czech Republic. I believe they're Czechia now, right? Yep, um, yeah. At 2 p.m. So, yeah, and then there's a whole a whole bunch of games, and you know, USA Germany is also on Tuesday. Yeah, uh, Lat- and Latvia and, fin- and Finland are also is also on Tuesday. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, the notable ones. If you can only, if you're like, listen, I'm not going to watch a lot of this. Uh, you're going to want, want to, if USA and Canada end up playing each other in the, um, I don't think they, they would meet each other until they're not going to meet each other in the prelims because of the groups that they're in. But you know, if they meet, uh, yeah, watch that. Cause then you're, you're going to get a chance to watch, uh, you know, four New York Rangers pl- prospects play against each other, which would be pretty cool. Yeah. And it runs the, the whole tournament runs from, it starts Tuesday and it runs to August 20th. So yeah, this is what I think I'm talking the, about. the, it gets the you. last day of the prelims is the 15th. And then after that, you have the, uh, the metal rounds. Yep. And this, this is what I'm talking about, Andy, just little things like this to get us through the rest of the summer and just get through August. Perfect. So, um, yeah. All right. You want to sign us off? <sighs> yeah. I guess I, I should. I didn't prepare anything. Um, uh, how should I do this? Well, uh, oh, you know what? I wish I had that button that you hit it and it goes, that was easy. But it says, that was VC. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.